Hey, everybody, welcome in to another edition of the Inside Nebraska podcast. He's Greg Smith, the Senior Recruiting Analyst at Inside Nebraska. I'm Zach Carpenter, the publisher. And Greg, we're uh, talking today, just wrapping up about the, uh, the 2023 Huskers recruiting class. Matt Rule's first class as head coach, 21 signees. It's ranked number 27th overall in the country, number four in the Big Ten in the rivals rankings. Uh, I think three, four stars, maybe four, four stars if I look at the chart. Um, but the class is pretty much not totally wrapped up. I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but pretty much wrapped up for the early signing period. What, what are your overall thoughts on the class or one one storyline, I guess, that, that stands out? Yeah, I think overall, I, I really like the makeup of this class. I think that you know, I think that Matt Rule and his staff did an exceptional job, in my opinion, of putting together kind of a, a good class on the fly in what, 24 days was it um, since when they were hired to early signing period. And I think that the big storyline that caught my eye was that, you know, everyone comes in and says, hey, I want to go ahead and get um, in-state talent. I want to go ahead and lock that down right away, right? Um, every coach says that when they get a job at, in a college program, Matt Rule actually walked that walk um, after talking about it, right? Eight in-state signees, um, a lot of linemen um, from in the state. And to be honest, the eight in-state signees, um, he, they wanted more, right? And I think that that's something to me that's a part of this that I that I have to underscore. And I don't want to bring up raw feelings already of a couple of guys that they did not get. But Benny and Goy, um, the, the Lincoln High three-star athlete um, that could play either side of the football in college st- stuck with his pledge despite a late charge by by Nebraska he's going to Iowa State um and then the one that we had been kind of talking around this entire time uh was Zane Flores like and I think that we have to mention that because while he was not going to flip from Oklahoma State that was not Matt Rule and his staff's fault right and Matt Rule definitely wanted um Zane Flores in this class I can give you a quick little side story that has not really been told I don't think Matt Rule considered going to Gretna's team banquet just to be seen at that thing so that he could show Zane Flores that he wanted him. But what happened was that Zane had already said that, hey, let's not do it. Um, I'm going to stick with Oklahoma State. So that goes to show you how competitive Matt Rule is and how much it meant to him for real to keep guys home in state. But they got eight guys from Nebraska um, signed up to play. And I really like the group that they got overall. When, when you start with a guy like Tristan Alvano, um, who I think is, is maybe the most impactful guy in this class, and it sounds crazy to say that about a kicker, but you guys watching this, listening to it, know that Nebraska and kickers, it's been a roller coaster over the last handful of years. Um, and they've got some other really talented players coming in from in-state. So I really like what they did um, in the state of Nebraska, including keeping the number one player in the state, of course, at home, Malachi Coleman, um, after his uh, brief flirtation. Uh, with Coach Prime in Colorado. Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, talking about in-state recruiting and the uh, locking up the talent in-state and eight signees is the most that Nebraska has brought into a single recruiting class in over 20 years. They signed 10 players from the state in 2002 and five times since then they've signed five players from in-state, but never more than five. So eight winds up being the most that they've signed in state, which was is pretty astounding to me when I was looking at the rankings, uh, trying to find when's the last time they had at least uh, six when when Jalen Lloyd uh, prior to his commitment, and I just yeah. kept scrolling back and scrolling back and scrolling back. <laughs> like, Am I going to find one? And then 2002 is actually the start of the rivals era, is the first time that we have rankings, and that was 
the very last one that I I got to was when I found the 10 in-state players. I'm like, wow, that was pretty shocking. But like you said, um, they have they have all those uh, now locked up and eight is also the number of commits from the previous staff who were already committed who wound up still signing with uh with this class in terms of there was eight of them malachi coleman was would have been ninth but he decommitted and then recommitted on signing day so those eight guys um uh obviously they did the work uh to keep them not only keep them but clearly they see that um, they're valuable. And like Matt Rule said yesterday at the signing day presser, everyone on this team, which includes the recruiting class now, are my guys. Uh, he's yeah. work with them. And if we're talking about geographical stuff, I know I keep talking about this, maybe sort of beating a dead horse or beating uh, a narrative storyline into the ground. And that's geographical recruiting, because I think it's so fascinating, like that, the bigger picture of recruiting, the strategies, like that's what sometimes what excites me the most. And mm we're seeing I think after that first four or five day window where we see all these offers that are coming from and either a 23 or 24 class um, things started to sort of piece together and then now that it's been three weeks it's becoming quite clear the type of player that this new staff is going after the really fast raw but athletic um, the the tangibles are there and now you just have to develop it and sort of harness it and where it's all coming from. I mean, Texas, Philadelphia, the East Coast, mm -hmm. so from Georgia and Florida, the DMV area, the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, which I keep harping on, is just loaded with talent, such a small radius. And in the time right. of the recruiting calendar, you can go out and see 20, 30 kids from a dozen high schools. Um, I mean, more than that, I'm probably lowballing it. But we're seeing offers come from there now. Um, signings come from that general area and Matt rule yesterday talked about Texas about how they're going to hammer it every class. Um, but then the other storyline that we were just talking about today actually yeah. is something I forgot about. I mean, we talk about the, the one year bump that each coach gets, right. Okay. How that first class, like you can start rolling momentum kind of forgot about how it can roll into momentum for the 24 class of guys locking up their, their spots or, taking a closer look at Nebraska. I think we're starting to see some of that now too, right? Yeah, we, we definitely are. And it's funny because I've got now two, I've already got two future cast in for 24 guys. Um, Aaron Hampton, uh, a four-star athlete, I think the 33rd best player in the nation um, down in Texas. Um, and then also um, Ian Flint, a four-star tight end out of Texas as well. Um, already those guys, I think, are, are trending in the right direction for Nebraska. There will be more. Um, I think the 24 class, and I think I tweeted this out yesterday, is that with all this momentum, I think that the 24 class could be special for Nebraska and the wild card as always and someone will eventually say this is whether or not Nebraska performs on the field right like just what does that look like in year one to be able to kind of hold guys over and make sure that they're going to want to kind of stick with it um, through that first year but I think that the momentum will be real for Nebraska and for the 2024 recruiting class yeah and obviously the golden goose in that class is quarterback Dylan Rayola which uh, yeah I was going to let you go ahead and throw that out there. I was going to say, for the SEO purposes, we just say Dylan <laughs> so we can uh, pump, up, pump up the views on this. But it's kind of the same thing with, with Malachi Coleman in the 23 class. Sort of need to prove it on the field, even though Nebraska didn't really necessarily prove it on the field and, right. uh, in, in 2022. But th I think there are other reasons for 
well, definitely other reasons for why Malachi decided to lock in his his uh, signature with Rule and and the new staff. But he's a guy who uh, most likely gonna, he's going to start a receiver, and then um, he has the potential, I guess, to move to different positions or be used at different positions. He said that yesterday with our rivals Clint Cosgrove that he could be used at I think seven different positions um, by by Rule and the new staff, but. He's one guy that obviously is going to get a lot of attention, but just on offense, who's like one guy to you that stands out the most, whether it's under the radar, just, just a guy that uh, you really want to spotlight. Yeah. Quentin Knives, um, the running back from New Jersey is a guy that I've, I've kind of had my eye on since he came onto the radar from Nebraska. When you first started to hear about this six foot three, six foot four um, athlete in New Jersey that had what 1600 rushing yards and over 25 touchdowns as a senior, that, that gets your attention. Right. And you wonder like, is he going to be a wide out? Like with that being that tall, usually you'll see running backs that tall, um, but running back is the spot. And I know that, you know, running backs coach EJ Barthel um, is really excited about him. He talked about, that kind of on the Nebraska football like recruiting show that they did yesterday for signing day um, and about how athletic he is and you know playing basketball and all of that um, I think he'll be a really interesting kid to watch and I think that running back too and the reason that I kind of always like talking running backs in these things too because running backs pop early right like you tend to know fairly early whether or not a running back is going to be good we saw and right after we saw with aj allen this past year um and so that's a a thing where you could pop early if you're quentin ives and get into the program um and and find yourself a spot whether he that doesn't necessarily mean he's a starter but he works his way into the rotation um maybe plays him on special teams as well so I, i i really like quentin ives and what he can do um kind of long term yeah and then for me on offense i i'm looking at bryce turner the receiver from texas the First official commitment for a rule in the staff on uh, December 6th, like pretty much right after offering him. Um, and if I'm pairing them together, it'd be him and Jalen Lloyd, who I'm kind of most excited about. Uh, both similar uh, stature. I mean, Jalen Lloyd, 6'1", six, six, 160. Bryce Turner, I think 6'2", 165, 160 range. Um, but what I'm really excited about, and I hopefully I can like kind of contain all of this, um, like what I want to say about him, why is just I mean that electric speed we saw it on the field with Trey with right. Trey Palmer with uh how impactful he was in the offense and if you're getting a, a speed guy like that whether it's from the slot or on the outside I think that just that opens up your off- offense tremendously and um with the offensive line I mean we have to wait and see how guys develop um but if we're just looking like for instance if you put Bryce Turner on this last year's team and t- with this 2022 offensive line and if they were, if they adjusted with the offensive line to where we're not going to run all these longer developed, slower developing plays and downfield passing, if we're just looking to do short, short intermediate passes and get our guys in space, give them the ball quickly, which I feel I, I get the sense Marcus Satterfield might be pushing to do in his first season as offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. If a guy, if you have a guy like Bryce Turner with that speed who can turn on the Jets really quickly, like, I think that also opens up another another weapon, uh, another dynamic in in the passing game, the short passing game, to get guys in space like that. And same thing with Jalen Lloyd. It's just that raw ability um, for both of those guys. And then if, like we said, Dylan Rayola or whatever quarterbacks they're going to be targeting going forward, they're going to want to see, all right, what playmakers are you surrounding me with? And oh, yeah. get a guy like a Bryce Turner or Jalen Lloyd developed 
and show, hey, we can we have guys where you can unleash that that arm that can throw it mm -hmm. 60, 70 yards down the field. So I think that's uh that's also impactful. But on the defensive side, there's uh, I mean, they brought in a bunch of guys, and um, I think the most recent signee was Vincent Carroll Jackson, Syracuse defensive tackle commit, and a lot of uh, exciting things that uh, could be coming his way or from him and the production we could see from him. But on defense, who who's one guy that stands out the most to you? Yeah, it's, it's man, we're talking about speed. And I feel like that has been kind of the underlying theme kind of of this video so far. And I'm going to go with somebody that definitely has that on defense. And that's Eric Fields, uh, the linebacker out of Oklahoma. Um, he was a late ad. Um, he has been mysteriously like <laughs> his recruitment has been really interesting. We'll have more on that coming uh, later, like maybe the weekend or early next week. Um, but it, I want because I want to dig into that um, a little bit more. He was very under recruited. Um, was it Arkansas State the other? school that he took an official visit to um in, in just a couple of weeks ago he gets the offer from nebraska comes on an official visit like the next day um and then he's basically locked up um from there i can actually the statute of limitations is up on this so i can actually say this so when i got you zach already knows this one so i called him and you know we're kind of checking around kind of seeing like hey when are you when are you thinking about announcing your commitment like who is it down between those sorts of things and i called eric fields and i asked him that he told me he was going to announce on signing day at like one o'clock and i go well who, who are you uh, picking between he goes he laughs and he goes nebraska and i'm like okay well <laughs> i guess we're going that, that settles that, that's yeah that settles it Great. so like that recruitment was just such a whirlwind he's a kid that that is a really fast kid has verified track times he had 180 total tackles um as a senior like he's just a really, really good football player. And I know that his film was kind of bouncing around um, on the ins our insiders board um, over at Nebraska.rivals.com. And, you know, people that watch that film saw a hitter, right? Like that's a kid that wants to strike people. And I know that he had said some things kind of after his official visit about, you know, kind of being an old school football player that likes to hit people. His dad's a professional, former professional boxer. Um, like I really like him. I think that he's a kid that you could see very early in his career at Nebraska. Yeah, it's impossible not to spotlight this class without talking about Eric Fields because yeah. of reasons. Matt Rule, it, he didn't really shower that many prospects with praise uh, yesterday during the press conference, but he kind of went out of his way, right, to, to talk about Eric Fields and said, yep. I don't want to make any promises, but everyone here is going to know who he is. Um, big, fast, physical. Um, I think that's a guy that they might be, I mean, he's one of the guys that they're most excited about to put it safely. Yeah. Uh, Steve Marek, our uh, resident film expert at inside right. Nebraska. If he gets excited about a, a player, then um, you're, you're going to know it has even more merit. He, uh, you call him a right. missile. I mean, he's <laughs> 200 pounds and uh, really fast for his speed. I mean, I know some of the people on our insiders board were, uh, we're talking about the track times, not being that fast, but if you're, if you're combining the, the physicality, the physical, nature and uh, of eric fields and it certainly is fast and the fact that he's 6 3 200 pounds <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that too um so but in addition to fields uh another guy from sort of the same geographical area um prince will uman yellen defensive end out of manor texas um again indicative of the the texas spotlight texas focus when looking at the different footprints they're going to be looking at but uh, you said it best when when you talked about him uh, before. Just potential cornerstone pass rusher uh, is that like that long, um, that 
perimeter pass rusher who they've they've been able to use as, as in a stand-up role too um down down in manner so that's another guy that needs to be talked about a little bit more um in this space i think there are a lot of people who are really excited about him oh, yeah. he's i think he's the uh other than malachi he might be the highest ranked or second third highest whatever he's in that top three four range highest ranked signees in this class but pr- principal is definitely a potential impact guy down the road yeah, he's the third. I just looked on our site. He's the third highest rated guy uh, that they have. So that's another four star. For <laughs> there you they go. Four stars. And they're trying to, I mean, I think it's clear that they're not going to care. The staff isn't going to care about star rankings and, and no. things of that sort, which. And, is- but Rule actually, didn't he say, did he say it yesterday where, and, then, and he talked a lot yesterday, a lot of different places, including uh, with rivals, uh, Adam Gorney. Did he said that there will be guys that you've never heard of that they'll recruit and they'll offer because they don't care if they're, if they're not on the radar, but by the time they sign, there'll be guys with, you know, high recruiting ranking. Yeah. He said that the quote was, I don't care who we offer, but he was saying it in the context of, I don't care if like no one else is looking at him. If, but if you look right. at just the quote, written down i don't care who we offer i just kind of <laughs> have met that yesterday like oh all right well they're just gonna be tossing them around but now the content yeah, they've, they've offered me as a quarterback yeah right um little long snapper long snapper zach carpenter over That's here right. um to add to marco ortiz the florida long snap <laughs> transfer uh who was part of six transfer additions that mm-hmm. don't really, that those guys don't count to the 2023 recruiting class necessarily but an extra six guys with uh three florida transfers Marco Ortiz the and uh, uh, three Florida transfers, Jeff Sims, quarterback, Georgia Tech, um, Baylor running back slash receiver, Josh Fleeks, and Texas A&M defensive end, Elijah Judy, who felt like he maybe jumped the gun. Obviously, I think he was playing the, he was kind of playing the social media game of I'm going to announce on um, Christmas Eve, and then I'm going to announce at uh, 3.30, and then boom, he drops it one o'clock, which uh, is when we were anticipating Eric Fields to, to yes. I was like, oh, all right, let's jump on this. And then 30, 40 minutes later, it was Fields. And then another 30 minutes or so later, it was Vincent Carroll Jackson. But um, another uh, strong transfer group. Uh, looks like a really good foundational class for, for Rule's first class. But, I mean, going forward uh, in this group and, and beyond, what's what's one more thing that you're looking for as we wrap up uh, national the early period and and move on into the new year. Yeah, I, I think the the one big thing for this for this class is to see if they can land another big time offensive lineman. I think that that to me, and I know it feels like and I was having this discussion on the board earlier today. I'm like, man, people are like, how many linemen do they need? Well, they've got you know basically at this point all of your in state guys, so Gunnar Gatula, Sam Sledge, and Brock Knutson, they're all scheduled to play on the offensive line, and then Jason Machachak um, from South Dakota, our boy Jason M, um, will also be. Um, that's an inside joke for those of you that don't know that. Um, <laughs> this will be on the one time line to, to show people the classified. Slack yeah, the classified Slack, Slack documents. Um, Jason is, like, is we don't we don't feel like typing out the entire last name for Princewell Uman Yellen or Jason Shachok. Yeah. So we just say Jason M and Princewell. 
That, that is definitely correct. Uh, but he's definitely he's scheduled to be a guard. Mason Goldman, another one of those in-state guys. Um, he could be offensive defensive line, but he's scheduled to start in the on the defensive line. So they've got four guys in the class of 2023 that are scheduled to start off on the offensive line. I think they still will bring in one more at least. Um, and I think the guy that they really want is I, I'm gonna butcher this name, Chimdi Onwa, um, out of Maryland, who Donovan Rayola did go and visit during the early signing period. Um, he's got a great story, like he was committed to Old Dominion and was not rated and he's now shot up to either a high three star or four star on some services. Um, He was going to potentially sign with Rutgers during the early signing period. I'm just going to call my shot and say that ain't happening. He picked up Nebraska. He picked up Penn State. He's going to get other offers as well um, as we go through um, seeing what happens with him and, and maybe another offensive lineman um, are the things that is the thing that I'm really looking forward to down the stretch here. You say he's from Maryland? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's <laughs> there another, it is. Every time I hear it from the DMV, I start getting a little more uh, excited. Like, all right. That gonna- area is going to be just a bit, it's such a huge thing. Like, I think that, like, you feel like you're beating a dead horse. I feel like we're just holding up the sign to people to be able to say, be prepared for what's coming here because there's going to be, and uh, there's been so many offers out that way on the East Coast, right? That have happened. And a lot of them happened yesterday for the 24 class, and people didn't quite notice it because it was signing day and we'll have to circle back to it. But Nebraska will definitely be um, out there on the East Coast pounding the pavement hard. They have too many connections within the staff not to yeah when I first uh came over here from the Ohio State beat I was uh excited I'm like looking around at recruiting areas and like offers and everything and one of the first things I looked at was the DMV area because I was I it was one of the last things I had worked on was uh was after that east coast swing that I did uh covering um South Carolina as well and I was coming out of that I didn't realize it until I made that east coast sw- or that swing of how much talent there is in that area same thing with St. Louis, where yeah. there, it's similar. So many uh, high schools with that are loaded with talent in such a small radius, where uh, it is just it makes too much sense to not target those areas. And if they have those these heavy, strong East Coast connections, then it's an area that, um, like we like we've been saying, they're going to be circling and with a big red marker going forward in the twenty twenty four class and. Like you said, potentially the 23 class, but almost uh, wrapped up. Maybe uh, maybe a couple more uh, news items or surprises even coming down the pike here um, before the February 1st National Signing Day, which used to be signing day and now is just (laughs) National Signing Day 2.0, I guess that Mm -hmm. we call it. So the secondary. Right, exactly. So 21 signees, again, ranked 27th overall for now, fourth in the Big Ten, which is incredible that they made that jump from outside the top 50 and seeing at number 12 in the big 10, all the way up to uh, fighting for the seventh top 25 class in the last eight, year, eight years and um, all but guaranteed a top five spot in the big 10. So once again, you can check out our coverage uh, from national signing day and every, all of our analysis going forward. Greg just put up his first edition inside Nebraska of Greg's guys, uh, his, his five favorite players from, from this class. So again, you can check that out nebraska.ravels.com make sure you're liking and subscribing to this video on the inside nebraska youtube channel and we're going to be back here with more stuff uh coming down the pike i know jay and steve are are getting their film mm-hmm. breakdown we're kind of talking right. about narratives and overall arcing, arching uh, uh storylines but those guys are digging in the film to get the get the goods on okay what do these guys bring to the actual field and 
the new coaching staff. So once again, going to quit rambling. He is Greg Smith. I'm Zach Carpenter, and we are going to catch you guys again next time.